0: FM Podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Blessed Are the Peacemakers. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. Tonight is Tuesday, February 6th in the year 2024. Patriots, in this time that we're in right now, we're really being pressed with the disassembly and collapse of Babylon, and with that is going to put an increasing amount of pressure on our faith. Last night I spoke a word that was powerful, at least from my end, and one that is continuing to frame a lot of the way we're seeing things, which is literally that there is something very big coming. And in simple terms, we have to be prepared, but the deeper we are in faith, the more we'll be spared. Tonight, I'm going to play a piece by David Wilkerson, who is a prophetic back in 2008. That interestingly, his words resonate very true to the things you've heard here and other places in this time. And it's a deep, deep look at where we are and what was seen long ago. And then, equally, starting to look at the challenges we face with our government that is truly rogue and out of control and what it's going to take to bring it in and regain control of our country and take it from those that have decided that they want to rule us all, as they say, with one ring to bind them. Before we get going tonight, patriots, we have a a crisis in our world that is centered around food. Food production is lower than it's ever been. Beef production is falling. Food prices are increasing as the dollar continues to fall. It's going to create a a moment in time in the not-too-distant future where it won't necessarily even be whether you can get hold of food, it's whether you can even afford it. You need to take a good time to prepare yourself and make sure that you have everything you need. Right now, if you go to preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com, you'll find My Patriot Supplies one-year food system. It provides 2,000 calories a day. Food has a shelf life of over 25 years with delicious meals that are mixed to keep you strong and healthy during time of crisis. This entire system is under $2,000. It's on sale right now. It's a fantastic way to get yourself equipped effectively well without with a total peace of mind. This is an investment currently, literally, in your future and in the uncertainties of the future we have ahead. So again, head on over to preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com. You'll find the, the one-year food system on sale right now for under $2,000, which is a fantastic buy. You'll find all those links below the podcast. Check it out. All right, patriots. I want to begin tonight with this word from David Wilkerson, and this was uh, sent to me by our prayer team today. It's very interesting. It has a lot in here. It's about seven, it's about eight minutes long, and it's it comes in, in a, it takes you through, it's actually three segments of pieces I put together, but it's a very powerful word in what he saw in 2008 and how relevant it is today.
1: Something from God's heart that God gave me this past day, past few days. Uh, the whole world knows what is happening here in the United States we're in a worst crisis in our history Uh, the people everywhere especially in New York City where the crisis hangs so heavy overheads there is a great fear I was told that in the stock market after it closes uh, men are collapsing falling down in fear and it's not just an American problem, it's a European problem, it's worldwide God is doing what he warned us he would do when sins have mounted up into heaven and that's that he would shake everything that can be shaken and the whole world is shaking now with an economic meltdown and it's going to get so frightening that not one of us will be unaffected we're all going to be affected every minister every family Christians and unbelievers alike we're all going to feel and see things that are terrifying and many are going to have their faith shaken many are going to abandon their faith even when Jesus walked the earth when hard message came when hard times came and he saw many leave him he said many the bible says many forsook him and he turned to his disciples and he said will you forsake me also now everywhere i go i hear people saying is there a word what's going to happen next what is god saying and i want you to know what well, I believe God's speaking to my own heart especially last night I was walking and talking with him went to the Word of God because the only word is from the Word itself from God there's no economist there's no evangelist there's no one that can give us the answers we have to go to the Word we have to go to the Father in first Samuel 30th chapter I was, I was moved by the story of David and a 600-man army. They came upon over the hill toward Ziklag, their home base. And it was in ruins. The f- f- fire had destroyed the city. His wives, all the wives, the children were all taken captive by the Amalekites. And the Bible says that David and his men wept. David was deeply distressed. And his men wept all day and probably through most of the night until they said there were no more tears. Now, let me tell you that you and I, the godliest person here in my voice, I don't care how famous you may be. I don't care who you may be. When you first see these frightening things come on the earth, there will be that first flash of fear and terror. I picked up one of our national magazines this a few days ago, and it had a picture of the world—a man representing the world on the brink of falling into a chasm—and it said the headlines were "The world is collapsing," and it's in the headlines a great worldwide depression. And the first impact when I read that, I had a trembling inside. I said, "God." So quick, so sudden. How did this happen? Even though many of us prophesied about it for years. And when it comes and you see it, it's so overwhelming. And David the Bible said, No, no, let me let me say this. If if you were to say, I'm not afraid, then you really don't understand the situation. It's that first flash of fear. There's a time for weeping. And God understands that. And many of you listening to me now, the question is, where does this end? Where does it take it? What about the church and its future? Bible says David wept until there was no tears left. But then came a time. There comes a time. There is a time for weeping. There is a time that we will tremble. But God understands that. Then there comes a time to fight. David stood up no more questions and the bible said he encouraged himself in the lord and we have come to a time where every man every woman has to get their own word from god you can't get it from some great voice you can't get it from someone you think is holier than you you have to get alone with god david got alone and the bible says he encouraged himself and you'll hear the voices but you have to get your own word as David did. I have to get my own word. I have to shut myself in with God and with this book and let the Lord speak encouragement to me. Folks, it doesn't matter who prophesied what and when, that's all in the past. That doesn't matter. And you'll hear a lot of prophetic voices saying uh, good days are just ahead. No. We're in that time now that Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Hosea, and all the prophets said, the day of God's vengeance and recompense upon the wicked. But the prophet Isaiah said, but you are safe. This is not about God's people now, even though he's purging his church. This is about having a word from God. If you're a pastor, Your congregation, like our congregation, coming to church in every service. What is God saying? What is the word? But where are those Davids that will stand up with the word of God? They've been tested. I have been tested. I've been tested in my family. Cancer, Uh, all kinds of attacks out of hell. But now, God is at work. God is, this is God's doing. I believe the Bible says God has everything under control. God said, don't mock me now. Don't scoff at my word. Stand. I've given you this word. God is going to see his church through. I hear people say, well, we're all in the same boat. No, we're not well we're in a boat all right as christians but it's called the ark it's the ark of safety and god is going to ride his people through this storm it may difficult the boat may shake And there'll be storms and lightning and thunder, but God keeps his word. God has everything under control. And I ask you as a congregation of ministers and wives to stand to your feet and lift your hands and thank God for his faithfulness. He's going to see his church through. There's going to be a moving of the spirit. God is going to bring those. He's going to awaken many, many multitudes. He's going to awaken those who have been cold and indifferent. He's going to pour his spirit out in the midst of all of this. Lift your hands. Stand, lift your hands and thank God for his promises and ask God to strengthen your faith to give you a word so that you can stand before your family you can stand before your friends you can stand as david did the whole army of 600 men rose up on one man's faith let that be you god bless you
0: let that be you all things will be shaken That is an an absolute assurance of what is happening and what will continue to happen at an increasing rate. And only the word will find your answers. Read the Bible from front to back. Seek time in the word and seek his word to you. There is a time for weeping and there is a time to fight. There is a season. We have been weeping. We've been weeping for the Loss of life. We've been weeping for those that would not listen. We've been weeping for those that have walked in the reprobate mind, darkened by the various mechanisms of this cult that we live around. But those times are now coming to an end. And we are in a window now where things are beginning to shift. And we can feel it. We can see the signs of it. And there's a great coming of, of events that is right before us. You can't have trepidation in your heart, and that's just it, is that there's not a choice that you've ever had but to be in this time. The only choice you have is to think that you can set off to the side, but that's basically like the selection of Gideon's army. You'll simply sit in the village until once you realize that you can't sit there anymore and you have to join the fight. God right now is shaking and selecting. The people that are being called are stepping in and they're stepping up and you're seeing it, you're seeing it all over. And as it starts to raise, and it takes in many forms. It takes in forms of youth groups coming together. It takes forms of home churches. It takes forms of people organizing groups to take over a school board. It takes, it's taking forms of efforts down on the border. It's taking forms of pastors that are now setting up revivals like on the border. But the whole point is this is the great shaking. And what this system can't withstand is the truth. It has fought the truth. It has done everything it can to prevent the truth. And it keeps us in the dark. The whole principle right now is we're in the time of the peacemaker. But the peacemaker understands something. The peacemakers understand that you cannot have peace if you have something that's agitating chaos. Something that's constantly pointing the finger, stirring the pot, trying to cause a problem. An infinite stirring, an infinite problem. I want you to hear this piece by Gregory Ease. This is all about false flags and and the institution of creating war.
2: We do not warn of false flags to try to predict horrible events. We warn of false flags to try and prevent them. They are the norm for starting massive conflicts. They are based on lies, and so we only hope that the truth will make them futile. Last week, I reported on rumors that Victoria Newland was planning a false flag attack on a Ukrainian nuclear power plant. There is now talk in Kiev that the real president of Ukraine, Victoria Nuland, has become so desperate for NATO troops to enter Ukraine and continue this US proxy war against Russia that she is willing to murder innocent locals with a radioactive cloud and blame it on Russian forces. After that report, documentary filmmaker Chris Emery, who has spent years researching PATCON, the U.S. intelligence operation to use false flags as a way of criminalizing American patriots, reached out to me with some information that shows how this is standard operating procedure for the black hats in our government.
3: We had uh, done our first movie premiere in March of that year in Salt Lake City with an attorney that we- we actually interviewed on the film by the name of Jesse Trinidad. He was approached by a, a command team leader that was in charge of 10, including himself, um, basically commandos, to blow up the Browns Ferry nuclear power plant in Athens, uh, Alabama, under the Operation PATCON. And then Jesse went into detail about what PATCON was, which would later morph into uh, the Waco attack and then the Oklahoma City bombing, and then our current present-day uh a ramification of that was J-6. That nuclear power plant is still standing today because this command leader says no. That violated their rules of engagement that they were taught in their special operations ever since he was, you know, a rookie uh, commando, and he says we are not killing 27 innocent U.S. civilians, no matter how much money you're paying us. Each of his. Uh, partners, uh, there were 10 commandos altogether, were given duffel bags full of cash. Each were given $5 million. They left it in the parking lot in the wee hours. He said between 2.30 and uh, 3 o'clock in the morning, they literally left these duffel bags in the parking lot, in the far end of the parking lot, away from the nuclear power plant and drove away. And they basically told their uh, their commanding officer at the Pentagon to F off. We are dealing with people that are, are of the occult, are in a dark dark corner of of the universe that we can't even even imagine and uh newland is in that pack with Barr garland and several others without a doubt um she needs to be brought up on, on treason and uh indicted put on trial and thrown in prison and the key tossed away
2: we also spoke on the subject of what looks to be the beginning of a false flag being set up on the southern border with world economic forum puppet greg abbott now calling for a civil war
3: what what in the world why did it take him almost two and a half years to gear up i think it's it's disingenuous what he's doing he uh the ranchers and the private citizens within 50 60 miles of the border have, have gotten their land their homes robbed their ranches uh, decimated trash uh human waste um you know uh, windows broken into property damage he could have the thumbscrew on that a long time ago why he chose to do so now is is beyond me they're much more keen they have the operative radar um you know on high alert now and they'll be able to uh hopefully weed out a lot of these operatives at uh, whether they know it or not, are being paid by the feds to be the fly in the ointment and get a lot more people in trouble. It's just going to be a reincarnation of J6 all over again.
2: Expert on false flags and the southern border crisis, Michael Yawn, is also warning people not to fall for the trap.
4: And we already know that the so-called, I call it OGUS, the occupational government of the United States, we already know that it's out of control. We already know that it. The only rules that it plays by is anything it can get away with, it will do, right? We already know that. We saw January 6th. We see Americans have to show their ID and get searched and whatnot to get on airplanes. Meanwhile, they got illegals, I mean straight-up invaders, coming across the border by the thousands every day that can board aircraft without any ID. There there are no rules. We are clearly being hunted. And and, I mean, the American citizens, patriots are clearly being hunted. They're looking for any excuse to go to war and they will do it. I mean, obviously there's going to be a very serious war. It's clearly coming. Don't walk into their traps. Do not do it. Why, again, why would you go to Eagle Pass, which is so baited, when Abbott clearly could close the border if he wanted to? This is clearly a wrestling match. This is clearly a show. That's the Thunderdome. Don't
2: go. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese.
0: Michael Yon's position on, that was on the rally, which is part of that, was not to go, as were many others that went along with that. And they were wrong. And the reason they were wrong is because they looked at this from a purely human and tactical point of view, and they overlooked the most critical factor of this entire fight, that this is a spiritual war, and that we have to walk in Holy Spirit and know what we are doing in listening to where God puts us. That's a fearless walk. And unfortunately, those that walk without Holy Spirit, you're going to be hearing them speak more and more. It is literally the call of false prophets. And you have to be careful. We only have one message we hear, one word we hear in the end of the day, and it's the word of God, where he wants us and where he needs us. And those points right? we are in right now, it's becoming increasingly important that you listen to the word of God as he leads us and guides us. On, contra- on contrast to that sort of panic type view, I want you to hear this piece by Tucker Carlson. He has gone to Russia against a great deal of threat, including threat and even hacking into his signal application by NSA to intimidate him, and he's gone to Russia anyway. This is what we call a peacemaker. Someone who understands the power of information and understands the importance of why the First Amendment was first. Take a listen.
5: We're in Moscow tonight. We're here to interview the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin. We'll be doing that soon. There are risks to conducting an interview like this, obviously, so we've thought about it carefully over many months. Here's why we're doing it. First, because it's our job. We're in journalism. Our duty is to inform people. Two years into a war that's reshaping the entire world, most Americans are not informed. They have no real idea what's happening in this region, here in Russia or 600 miles away in Ukraine. But they should know. They're paying for much of it in ways they might not fully yet perceive. The war in Ukraine is a human disaster. It's left hundreds of thousands of people dead, an entire generation of young Ukrainians, and has depopulated the largest country in Europe. But the long-term effects are even more profound. This war has utterly reshaped the global military and trade alliances, and the sanctions that followed have as well. And in total, they have upended the world economy. The post-World War II economic order, the system that guaranteed prosperity in the West for more than 80 years, is coming apart very fast, and along with it, the dominance of the US dollar. These are not small changes. They are history-altering developments. They will define the lives of our grandchildren. Most of the world understands this perfectly well. They can see it. Ask anyone in Asia or the Middle East what the future looks like. And yet the populations of the English-speaking countries seem mostly unaware. They think that as nothing has really changed. And they think that because no one has told them the truth. Their media outlets are corrupt. They lie to their readers and viewers. And they do that mostly by omission. For example, since the day the war in Ukraine began, American media outlets have spoken to scores of people from Ukraine, and they have done scores of interviews with Ukrainian President Zelensky. We ourselves have put in a request for an interview with Zelensky, and we hope he accepts. But the interviews he's already done in the United States are not traditional interviews. They are fawning pep sessions specifically designed to amplify Zelensky's demand that the U.S. enter more deeply into a war in Eastern Europe and pay for it. That is not journalism, it is government propaganda, propaganda of the ugliest kind, the kind that kills people. At the same time our politicians and media outlets have been doing this, promoting a foreign leader like he's a new consumer brand, not a single Western journalist has bothered to interview the president of the other country involved in this conflict, Vladimir Putin. Most Americans have no idea why Putin invaded Ukraine or what his goals are now, they've never heard his voice. That's wrong. Americans have a right to know all they can about a war they're implicated in. And we have the right to tell them about it because we are Americans too. Freedom of speech is our birthright. We were born with the right to say what we believe. That right cannot be taken away no matter who is in the White House. But they're trying anyway. Almost three years ago, the Biden administration illegally spied on our text messages and then leaked the contents to their servants in the news media. They did this in order to stop a Putin interview that we were planning. Last month, we're pretty certain they did exactly the same thing once again, but this time, we came to Moscow anyway. We are not here because we love Vladimir Putin. We are here because we love the United States, and we want it to remain prosperous and free. We paid for this trip ourselves. We took no money from any government or group, nor are we charging people to see the interview. It is not behind a paywall. Anyone can watch the entire thing, shot live to tape and unedited, on our website, TuckerCarlson.com. Elon Musk, his great credit, has promised not to suppress or block this interview once we post it on his platform, X, and we're grateful for that. Western governments, by contrast, will certainly do their best to censor this video on other less principled platforms because that's what they do. They are afraid of information they can't control. But you have no reason to be afraid of it. We are not encouraging you to agree with what Putin may say in this interview. But we are urging you to watch it you should know as much as you can and then like a free citizen and not a slave you can decide for yourself thanks truth it's
0: the most powerful weapon in this entire war and in spite of everything that we're faced against there's nothing more thing more powerful than the power of truth james madison wrote if our nation is ever taken over it will be taken over from within Benjamin Franklin said, you now have a republic, good luck keeping it. And right in there rests the truth of why we are where we are, because people disconnected. They didn't want to take responsibility of being part of something great. They didn't want to be part of the responsibility it took to maintain something that was unprecedented in human history. That's our republic, and here we are. But truth, has the lack of truth has led us down a path to where we literally have a secret government that's well armed, that has technologies beyond our imagination, and we're waging a war against it, and we're wondering
6: why we're sometimes losing. Take a listen to this piece. Secret government with its own Air Force, its own Navy, that's above the law and free from the law itself. The CIA director says, yeah, yeah, I know this is real. Why is it this level of secrecy? Who's keeping it secret? How are they doing this? How do I take on a group that have technologies that can do circles around the B2 stealth. The worst treasonous acts that have ever happened to any country that falls is from within. The president, the director of the CIA, they had all been pushed aside and denied access. What's behind the secrecy? So let's say you have something that would fit on a little table this big and it's and it's pulling energy out of what's called the quantum vacuum, which was proven to exist back in the 50s. If you had a coffee mug, the amount of space in that coffee mug has enough potential power to boil off all the oceans of the world. That was mastered decades ago. That means that every home, business, car, manufacturing, village in Africa, that would generate all the energy they need for all the needs that we have for a modern civilization. If that technology were to be disclosed, it's a quadrillion dollars in proven assets, oil, gas, coal, that are obsolete. That's what they're protecting.
0: Protecting energy at the core of it is true. It's the most it's the largest market in the world. One of the wars that you've been witnessing is a war that began aggressively back in the, around two thousand twelve. And it's the war again of tech versus oil and gas. Understanding that the war that we are also dealing with is also a war between industries. These are cabals. They control power and mass assets. We don't matter. We're simply pawns on the board. I should say it this way. They don't think we matter because they see us as pawns on the board. Energy sector, oil and gas, represents trillion-dollar industry. The big tech decides that it can get into the game by controlling it by using digital controllers. Renewable energy has one thing in common. All of it requires digital processors. When you pump oil and gas, the number of digital processors you need are very minimal. But it ends up being an odd marriage because you need the chemicals from petroleum to build the Silicon Valley byproducts, at least some of them. Once you get control of energy and you put digital processors at the center of the piece, you gain something else, smart meters and other things to control and regulate everything in a person's life. You you create a grid, a control grid. You create a prison planet. And all you have to do is tell people that there's, that we're the problem. Convince us that we're the problem that we're the, and the solution is for us to give up our freedoms. We have to live in smaller places. We have to consume less. We need to eat bugs. You need to live on green energy, renewables, even though no one asks for the second and third order of effects of any of those things. When you dispose of a solar panel, we know what happens. It ha- it's more toxic than nuclear waste, but no one cares. Because at the front end of this, it all comes down to the way people are. People have lost so much of their ability to think in long term. We don't think generational, we think in short term. And everything that's been done is to wage a war on people to ultimately destroy the human being so that the human being becomes ready and accepting to what it is, to becoming an, an entity that is guilty of the sin of destroying the earth, even though we've had nothing to do with building these factories, it's still our fault. And people have accepted that, that fault because at the core of the belief of the modern Western world is the message. We are not worthy. It begins in the pulpit. It begins in the schools. It begins in the homes. And until we overcome that, we can't even be peacemakers. We're just going to be slaves. Our time right now is here to stand up and to be bold and to be heard. But the four is continuing, and they're positioning it all to squeeze us down more and more. Take a listen to what they're doing in Colorado, and then I'll tell you what they're going to do next on the small farm.
7: I bet you didn't hear about the new bill they want to pass in Colorado. HB 241163, with Regina English, the Democrat. 70% of the households in Colorado have a pet. This woman wants to charge you $8.50 per pet. If you don't have the pet registered in your name, it'll be $16. If it's not spayed or neutered, it'll be $25 a year. If you don't do it, it'll be a civil penalty. That's right, of $100 per occurrence, per animal, a year. That could cost a lot of people a lot of money. Once this bill's passed, it'll flow right on to the farmers, the ranchers, Everybody in Colorado, keep an eye on these Democrats and vote them out because this is going to be really bad and cost tens of millions of dollars, eventually hundreds of millions of dollars in total government control over your pets and livestock. California, Oregon, Washington, you know, they'll all fall the same path. So you better get out and vote,
0: right? If you can even count on the vote, that's the question we have. But let's let's take a look at what they're doing. New legislation proposed that is the American farmer says will eventually shut down and put all family farms out of business. The mandatory electronic identification ear tag bill would allow government and environmental groups who attribute livestock to climate change to receive information on small farms' cattle. Now, stop right there. That means that. My 30 head of cattle could be monitored by some group that I have nothing to do with. It could be sitting in DC funded by a big pharma company and they can determine the fate of my own property. Remember that saying, you'll own nothing, you'll rent everything and you'll be happy? There you go. Everything that they're doing, they see as their control. They're selling this off as means to mechanize and monitor. The question is who is monitoring and who's controlling? The lack of brain power in the American public right now is stunning. We are literally living in the land of retards, and they can't see past their nose. And the people that are willfully going along with this have enough momentum that the the others that are sitting on the side that are trying to run the fence just simply want to put their head in the sand and say, oh, I don't want to worry about it. It's falling down to the remnant and to lift the mighty sword of God in this hour to crush all this nonsense. I'll continue with this. It says smaller operations will struggle to shoulder the costs and infrastructure to maintain these systems. So the big thing now is the big controversy on the on in the pharma community, the electronic ear tag, the mandatory electronic ear tag bill that's out is out there. And I'm a little bit offended. The writer goes on to see some small time farmers who actually support this. It's it's offending. It's offended is not the right word. Baffled is a better word. Never let government control waste your, your food, your food supply in any way. It's masked with good intentions, but what, is really, what it really is is a Trojan horse to get in and control small farms, and it's absolutely true. These bills are being passed piece by piece. Their legislation doesn't stop. We are dealing with an enemy that's pl- playing an information legal and political war, and they are not stopping at one moment. So it comes back to the mightiness of our faith and this moment in what we're in. We are in a moment of judgment and a moment of accountability and that window is closing and it's closing heavily. But our intensity of what we do has to increase. We have to continue to pray into this more. We have to continue to wage war through prayer and through through these realms of the spirit because obviously there's enough souls that are feeding into the darkness of, of the heavenly realms of evil that they are literally feeding this beast We are in a very difficult moment in our nation, a moment in our nation where those that are really sticking and standing with God understand the mightiness of where we are, but the other side of this is not stopping. Am I afraid? Absolutely not. But it means that we have to double down, and it means we have to commit ourselves even more to what we have already begun. There is a moment here on the near horizon, what that looks like in God's timing, I can't speak, but it is coming, and it will be a wrath of wraths, and it it will shake all things. It will shake things to the very core. And what all of this nonsense that's going, it's going to require that because these people are lost. They've lost their way. They've become obsessed with power. They've become obsessed with control. They've become obsessed with every little detail to control everyone else's lives but their own. And when when that pinch comes on their own life, it's always everyone else but them. This is an elitist point of view. It's a point of view that's distorted that ultimately falls to broken people people that don't understand who they are. They've come, accepted the idea that they are faulty, they are flawed, they are the mercy, they are the problem of the world, when in fact, they're none of that at all. They're literally children of God. Our greatest attack on all of this is to take the gospel into their heart, to break those chains and bind them and to set them free, to let them see out of the cult. And the more testimonies that we get of just that, the more we start to realize that they truly are living in a cult. Our government is an organized cabal. We have to look past the principle of nation states. Right now we're getting bound by that. We see illegals flowing in the border and we say our country's invaded, but this entire world is God's. And what we have to start looking at is a different optic because the globalists aren't playing nation states. They're divvying up the world for their control. Here's a good example, border crisis. Here's the question. Why is Alexander Mayorkas reportedly funding Chinese migrant camps in the Darien Gap? Secretary of Department of Homeland Security Alexander Mayorkas reportedly traveled to the Darien Gap on April 22nd and gave an exclusive Chinese migrant camp funds in cash for the expansion of their temporary housing camp being used as a stopping point on their path to illegally enter the U.S. Congress just turned down the bill. They made a big deal about it. The Republicans saying that they did a great deal. We stood up and we defended America against the immigration bill. People follow the political narrative. The Republican side says, Yay, go do a better job. The Democrat side says, Boo, that's what we needed. In the meantime, the border has remained open. Consider this that bill not only did nothing, it was a distraction because the border's wide open right now and the people are flooding in. So we have a couple of ways of looking at this narrative. You can become heavily depressed by what you see and start having the panic attacks of wondering what's going to happen when that moment arrives, when the insurgents that are flooding into our country with the strongholds around our nation rise up and do crazy things like burn cities down, kill innocents, chop your head off and kick it down the street like a soccer ball, which they do and don't think they won't. Because they'll take pride in the fact that you're a Christian and they're going to do everything they can to make an example of you. Because they know something, at least they believe something in their heart about the Christians in this nation. They're weak, they're pathetic, and they have no strength. They have no spine. That they will fall and they will collapse because they are waiting for the rapture out or waiting for Jesus to come save them. In this hour in time is a time when the mighty warriors of God have to stand. This is the time of the Davids. There's a time for weeping and there's a time to fight. And this time now is that time to fight. But how do we fight? Is it that you suddenly go and you lock and load and start walking down the street? Absolutely not. Because the fight begins truly in our heart and in the, in the ferocity of the sword of the spirit. It begins in understanding the authorities that God gave us. And it's the five. It's the fivefold ministry. It's seeking that op- that prophetic, and it's seeping the op- it's seeking the apostolic. It's seeping seeking the ability to heal the sick and the broken. It's seeking the ability to deliver and the seeking the ability to cast out demons. And it's all available as we pray into God and get ourselves aligned with Him. Those tools are more powerful than anything the what enemy can wage because at the center of all of those is one key word. It's called love, and love will overcome but not love like we typically think about it because the peacemaker carries love in his heart. But the peacemaker always understands something very simple. The problem that is disrupting the peace must be removed. In a hive, there is a queen killer. The queen killer will be activated when the queen begins to produce offspring that it is, it is disrupting the hive. It is not good for the hive. There comes a point when we have to reset the hive. And all of the remnant now is in that place. And that means our job on a daily basis is to engage everything we can to find the enemy, to seek them out, and especially as it's demonic, to cast it out and to cast it literally to the lake of fire. We are dealing with a nation that is traumatized. Millions of people traumatized. And on top of that, as you dig into those layers, what is even more so is you're going to discover that not only is this nation traumatized, but the family unit is so broken that we are dealing with millions of people that have been raped, millions of people that have been abused and molested, and in such a way that they carry those traumas through their entire life. They are prime targets for the influence operations that are in play here that lead them to accept the shame that they're in within them and not being able to find their place back to God doubt, shame, fear, the three pillars that are absolutely destroying this nation at the individual level. And every one of us has the tools and the capacity to heal those and to return these people to being part of the body of Christ. So this in this hour is not one at all to worry about what's coming, only to worry about what's before us because God will set us aside. And the fight does not begin with that place of a sort of steel the fight begins with a sort of spirit, which is fearlessness in truth. Two positions, those that screamed don't go to, don't go to, to dripping springs and the border claiming it was going to be a false flag, claiming that you were going to get ambushed and be wrapped up in a J6 event versus those that listened to God and went with the Holy Spirit and said, I am here because God led me. What came out of it? There was a hailstorm that's what i would begin because before the event as the as the big tour bus pulled up with a with one of those very fancy vinyl wraps that had antifa blm pro abortion folks ready to go and cbs news rolled up to do its classic hit piece pre-staged and pre-timed with the convoy was late and the convoy was appropriately late so as they stood there and did their interview happy that they were beginning to get ahead of the convoy to give their their hit piece, even though they weren't allowed into the compound yet, a hailstorm came. Yes, a hailstorm out of nowhere. It dumped hail, 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 and so much for 30 minutes that it drove Antifa, CBS, BLM, its whole tour bus away, and they never came back. And what came on its heels? It came on its heels was the convoy that was never touched, and it arrived, and the celebration began. But it wasn't a celebration, it was a revival. At the core of all of this is the power of revival, and so the peacemakers are now awake. These are the sons of God, for the peacemakers are the sons of God that understand the power and might in what's in the word in which we walk. We understand the fire which we carry within us. It's a righteous fire, and we understand the power as we stand before evil to literally cast it out when you're threatened with some evil screaming fool that's trying to threaten your life you know that you have two things before you you have the mightiness of the sword of spirit and you always have the sword of steel at your side the peacemaker if you listen to Brian Kenanhex view last saturday night the inspiration for his song peacemaker it was a beautiful it was a beautiful just, juxtaposition it was the cult 45 peacemaker that won the west with Matthew 5, 9, the peacemaker of the sons of God. Which one is it? It's a little bit of both. Because in this hour that we face now, it's time to get a spine. It's time to stand up and face this enemy and be prepared. We have to, we've taken care of the preparations in our home. The greatest preparation we can continue to have now is that in the Word and Scripture. Read in the Bible, read more, and be prepared for what's coming because it's going to shake everything, no doubt. There is a time now that we're going to be inundated with the false prophets, that's coming. That's, that's almost a guarantee, because as people see things coming, we're going to be, be lit, besieged by those that want to tell us what's going to come to Peter 2. But in those days, false prophets arose among the people, just as there will be t- false teachers among you who will subtly introduce destructive heresies and denying the masters who brought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. This is a critical hour right now for America to return to our father, to humble themselves and to repent as a nation. In lieu of that, it's going to take a remnant to carry that burden and to do the same. But there's movement happening. There's bold things happening. And we know where the soft targets are and where the big targets are. When you follow what's going on in the Declaration of Military Accountability, the 200 31 signatories on that. The target is to remove and to hold accountable every one of our general staff that violated their oath, conducted treason, and executed crimes against humanity with the mandating of the VAX. They'll be held in a courts martial and be held their feet to the fire. That's every one of our generals because every one of our generals broke the law. This is the level of corruption in which we are dealing with now. Everything in our government is corrupt. And so when you play the game of politics and you ask yourself, what will it do to change the nation? If you think that's going to change the nation, you're missing the primary role. Our primary role is at the local level. This is where we make the change in our neighborhood, in our communities, in our city councils, in our county commissions, in our sheriff. That's the power of this change. And in the power of this change, it's literally us doing our job on the point of the spear as God's army lines up. There is no question God's hand is coming. There is no question this is going to be a great shaking. And this year, 2024, will transform our lives in a way we've never imagined. But our enemy doesn't sleep. He continues to churn. He continues to move. And while it might be nice to sit on the side and say, okay, I'll just let God handle this, we have an active role in this fight. The peacemakers don't sit on the side. They get involved. The peacemakers... Don't go silent. They speak truth into the world. The peacemakers engage constantly. The peacemakers are there with the word and with the the power of the Holy Spirit in our heart to step across the lines that other people won't, to go into the dark where people are afraid, and to bring people out to give them, show them light. It is our role now to steward a nation back to where it needs to be, to right the ship, so to speak. And that's a very profound and very amazing place to be. And that's where we walk. It's a calling of the remnant for all those that hear in their heart, that call of God to stand up in this hour and do the great things. It's the peacemakers that go in to try to awaken the church to their greater role, the ones that have been lost and are wandering. And so it is all the effort now as God will come and God will shake this boldly and God's hand will shake that and has already begun. But it is our role to continue to push that word out into the world to raise up the hearts of the people, to unite them and knit them together, and do everything we can to bring the body of Christ into its full force into this time. And we can and we will. Our government is, is beyond reach at this point in time. It has sold itself to something darker than we can possibly imagine. The carnal pleasures of men have led them down paths that perhaps they can't even return from. And there's choices being made in this very moment and in, this, in these hours. Whom shall you serve? For those that were innocently persuaded to take the vax meaning innocently, meaning they were persuaded beyond their will, sometimes not even understanding what they were getting involved in, they need repentance. If you were one sitting in the pew that took the shot, I said this all along and it's an uncomfortable statement, but I still stand by it. Even if you've accepted Jesus, you chose salvation through a needle rather than salvation in God. We need to repent. And your way back is that just because you took the shot and have accepted Christ doesn't mean things are going to be okay. This is an hour of judgment in our nation. It's heavy, but it's also empowering because we know that as we stand boldly in God, we fearlessly come before the throne to repent. We fearlessly clean our lives up and stand more mightily with him we go through our lives in the inventory of our sins to get rid of them and to lift ourselves up, to restore ourselves to the closer perfection of what God demands us to be, then we know where we stand. We stand with him and we will be set aside in this hour to come. And we will. But there will be a great shaking and it will shake all of us in the end. But in that moment where we have that little burst bite of fear, and believe me, no matter how experienced you are in combat, you always want to have a little bit of an edge of fear because it keeps you sharp. We have to, we get past that quickly through prayer and realizing the heart of what we face. We'll be able to see the heart of evil and we'll be able to see the heart of good. So pray into that discernment that God can give us. Pray into the heart that we can see clearly what's before us. Pray into the clarity of what we need to fix within us and to bring it to the throne to repent and to to let it go. If you're carrying burdens on your life and asking yourself why God, change the perspective. Realize that God has you there in this time for a reason. And rather than why God, seek what is the greater message and lesson you need me to do? What is it you see in me, God, that has brought me to this place? We have to detach ourselves from this burdensome peace that God somehow is a hateful God or wrathful God to his children. God is a loving God, but he's wrathful to those that tried to destroy his children. Be on the right side of this. And that's the question, that's the position everybody needs to be looking at, is where do you stand? There should be a rightful fear of the Lord, not one of trembling and trepidation, but one of understanding his might and his glory and the power of his wrath. All we have to do is think of Sodom and Gomorrah or the flood. But there is something very big coming, and we have to be very realistic about this. And so it takes to us each and every day to do our preparations, to read in the scripture, to walk fearlessly in the world. And what that gives us is the confidence and assurity as we walk, not to be intimidated or given the enemy avenues into our heart. When the enemy finds a, a hole in the armor, it will exploit it. And the enemy is in panic. So it's going to do everything it can and use every tool it has available to try to distort God's children. Because if there's one thing the enemy fears, it's those who love Jesus because he knows that there's no loyalty they can ever take from us. Be that one, not the 99. Be the remnant and stand up mindedly in this hour. Speak boldly into the world, walk with Jesus and proclaim Jesus in the world with a confidence and with authority. Don't hesitate. And as we do that, we bring that into where others will see that power and that strength and they will join in. And that's the power of what we do when we walk with Christ. People right now that are wandering that don't have great leadership, that's part of our problem. We don't have strong leadership in the pulpit. We don't have strong leadership in our military. We don't have strong leadership in our government. We don't have strong leadership in schools. We don't have strong leadership as a general rule in this nation. The men have been broken, and they've been cast aside. And what few women are there in leadership, too many of them are corrupted by this liberal agenda or wokeism. So we need leadership. And leadership begins locally. And leadership doesn't begin necessarily with great acts of, of leading people on with a banner standard up the hill, but rather simply with walking in that place in the world where you walk fearlessly. People see it, they recognize it, and it's there that we bring those to awaken and new leaders will arise. But God is calling. And unfortunately, right now, there's still a very heavy weight on this nation of the matrix and its informational control. So be the one that breaks the, na- breaks the matrix, be the one that, that does change, be the one that shakes things up, be the change you want. And as we step into the world with that authority, people will recognize it and you will literally bring masses to your side. That's a pretty good walk at the end of the day, but it's one we have to take authority on because we are here now in a very critical hour where heaven sees us, the cloud of witnesses looks on us with amazement and, and, and joy in their heart but seeing the strength that we have. And there is a strength in this remnant, and it's not limited to Bard's nation. There is a remnant that God's calling across the world, but it's a remnant. It's a remnant by comparison to the total population that now fearlessly has made the choice of whom we serve. So let us take that outside of our walls. Let us take it into our neighborhoods and our communities to show that in the way we walk, the way we act, the way we conduct ourselves. And let us lift up the others, because at the moment in time, When everything starts to slide and it's sliding now but there is a moment in time when there'll be no mistake what's what's before us it will be us that people turn to not the leaders in the community not the mayor not the sheriff it'll be us that people turn to because they've seen something in our heart that they know that they want within theirs and truly it's that simple it's the light of jesus let's pray Father God, we come to you today just humbled and blessed. We thank you for all that you give, and thank you for the guidance you continue to provide. Thank you for the blessings that fall up upon us. Father, in this hour, we just ask for the continued discernment that falls on each person, the clarity of walk, the, the drive to open the book and read the word, and the pursuit of our love in Christ. Father, these are times now that the true heart of the warrior, the warrior Christ, is being awakened. And let it be a heart of a meek warrior, one that has the tools and the authorities, but understands that as we walk, we walk humbly and we can sit on the edge of the shadows. We can walk with empathy, but we also know that evil will never shake us. Let us seek always the heart of Jesus in all that we do. And in so doing, to approach these confrontations, these challenges, these obstacles, these moments in our life, truly as Christ would approach them to seek what that means and seek that through Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit be the wisdom that falls upon our heart, that guides us now in these critical hours. And may we each seek the message that you seek for us, not waiting for someone to give it to us, not hanging on the words of, of other prophets, but rather seek the prophetic word that you put within our hearts, to have you put it within our hearts for each of us as you want it for each of us. Bless us in this hour, Father. Guide us in Christ Jesus' name. Amen a good time to be alive. It's an unbelievable time because it's the, literally a moment in time that like, likely will never happen again. It's the greatest rescue mission ever. And we're here for this. And this is what we're doing, rescuing, healing, restoring. And as we do this, we're bringing them off of the darkness. We're stealing them from the enemy's camp. And when they're bringing these people back to the fold, into the body of Christ, there's no greater mission in the world. The government doesn't matter. Whatever government we have, whatever form we have, that's still that mission never changes. And so as we understand that, we put less weight on the noise of politics, more emphasis on the transforming of the hearts, because as people awaken, that momentum builds. It's the tsunami that they, they fear the most. The awakening is happening. All we're doing now is adding fuel and adding momentum to something that's quite profound. But the awakening is happening. We need to accelerate it, and we can accelerate it with our own engagements on a daily basis because everybody's in this fight. Everybody's on the battle line. Everybody matters. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us, and in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time in this place for just such a time as this. We are at war, so walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow morning for bended knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Patriots, there's one other thing, and I just was reminded, and we're going to do it right now. Jim Cates and Candy Cates. Candy tomorrow morning at 7.30 a.m. is getting is having the section of her skull that they removed reinstalled. If you remember that a few days after Bars Fest, Candy suffered a massive stroke. They told her that she would not recover all these other spellcasting nonsense. Jim has stood by her side as her husband breathed life into her, prayed into her, didn't allow anybody to speak anything negative around her. And now here we are in February, almost four months to the day, nearly four months since Bards fest, and Candy has passed all of her physical therapy and occupational therapy. She's just working on her speech now. She's walking, she's eating, she's talking, and tomorrow they're going to reinstall the one section of her skull that they took off. So let's pray for Candy. Father God, we're just going to pray healing over Candy right now. We Place a hedge of protection around her, and we call Holy Spirit to s- settle in with her. That tomorrow morning, as she goes through this surgery, we just pray that the surgery will be flawless. It will be a restoration of next level, a restoring candy back to the perfection of what she was and even more. We pray that this moment, this time that she's had here as she's gone through recovery will empower her in a greater way. If she, As she seeks to do photography, it will be another level of photography. As she speaks the word into the world, it will be a world anchored in the true miracles of the living God. Let her voice be heard, and tomorrow let that moment be the moment of full restoration, that as the skull goes on and is reconnected to the body, let it be so profound and so tremendous that whatever healing is left in candy will be instantaneous and complete. We pray now for a complete and total healing of candy in the name of Jesus. May lift her up before the courts of heaven, before the throne, and ask that we place her now in a place of perfection and healing in total body, head to toe, and toe to head. And we declare these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. All right, patriots. I'll see you tomorrow morning. Until then or until the next time. Out for now.
8: Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe.